0: Oh well, Merry Christmas! It is that time, and just uh, a couple days away. And glad that you are a part that made this a part of your your Christmas celebration as we gather to to worship together. Uh, we've been looking at uh, God's perfect Christmas gift uh, this December, and uh, those uh, relational uh, titles and words and names and descriptors uh, through the prophet Isaiah. And as we've been doing that, we've been taking a little time to just uh, think about the gifts and some of the more popular gifts or movies or. songs or that sort of thing, and just wanted to kind of just uh, begin this morning by just saying, how many of you this Christmas are just really pumped, you're really excited about a gift you're going to get to give this year? How many of you would say, yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes when you have that gift, right, you know it's a good one, I mean, you know it's a winner, right, you you just like can't wait for Christmas to get here, because it's like, yes, I nailed it this year, this is is a great gift, right? Well, now some confession. How many of us have re gifted before, right? We, yeah, okay, and some of the rest of you aren't telling the truth, right? Okay, now for the really bold among us, how many of you have you re within the same Christmas season, right? You got something and you turned it around really quickly. Yeah, okay, a few of you are honest enough. I mean, if it was good enough to give the first time, it's good enough to, to give again, right? Yeah. Uh, well, habits are changing, the way we purchase, the way we shop, the way we get gifts. How many of you would say that I probably spent more like online this year than at Bricks and Mortar? right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so many of us, right? And that, that's kind of the way it's going. And because it's just, it's just a whole lot easier, right? I, I mean, it is so easy to like shop online right now that, that a parrot can do it. I mean, <laughs> literally, right? Have you, have you been hearing this story? It's been picked up by some of the news organizations. Rocco, uh, an African gray parrot, he's rescued by his uh, owner, as a rescue parrot. And he has developed quite the relationship with Alexa. The owner comes back and finds romantic music playing when she comes in, right? And then some strange packages have started showing up at their house. It seems that uh, Rocco uh, has figured out how to order strawberries Watermelons, raisins, broccoli, and for dessert, ice cream. Uh, All that uh, can be delivered right to the house, right? It is so easy to order online. Christmas is the season where we we think about gifts. So we give gifts and we're we're glad for anything that makes it easier to do that. And yet it's also a time of stress, a time of anxiety. Studies say that about 76% of Americans have trouble sleeping between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't know how much of that's due to what we've been eating or what's been eating us, but but we have some, some challenges through there. For some of you, there's excitement about that gift. Yes, I nailed it. But maybe there's also a little angst over some family gathering, over some of the tensions there. Some of you may be saying, sometimes when our family gets together, it it looks like an episode of the Jerry Springer show or something, right? (laughs) And it's like, ah! In fact, is the 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 Unisys Security Index is a, a group that's been kind of studying anxiety levels uh, across several nations now for a number of years, and they, they published some, some findings from twenty seventeen, and they said in the United States from the last measurement at twenty fourteen that the anxiety level in the United States has has jumped dramatically. It's been the kind of the largest gap in in, a, in between cycles that they've seen. That that despite all that we have. Have going on with our, with our economy and everything else, that, that the anxiety level continues to rise. And that's part of the reason why when we look at these names that Isaiah gave us 700 years before Jesus showed up, we, we, we just take strength and comfort in the fact that he is our Prince of Peace, that he is someone to calm us. But the challenge is that doesn't always happen automatically. Too often we allow stress to consume us instead of allowing the Prince of Peace to calm us. And we want to just spend a few minutes this morning thinking about this gift of the Prince of Peace and the peace that he can bring to our lives. It was that title that Isaiah gave some 700 years before Jesus showed up in Bethlehem. Let me take you back to Isaiah 9, 6 one more time. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is Is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But Isaiah wasn't the only one to talk about Jesus in this connection with peace. In fact, it is on the night of Jesus' birth when the proclamation was made to the shepherds in the field. It was, it was connected almost immediately with peace. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. That from the beginning there was this connection with, with Christ's presence and very real peace. And we have Jesus even tor- tor- toward the end as, as his disciples have watched him crucified and, and they're huddled together in fear and anxiety and, and uncertainty and he comes to them with a message of peace on the evening of that first day of the week, that resurrection day, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. From before he was born to the announcement of his birth, to his post-resurrection appearances, the presence of Jesus in a life was connected with the reality of peace. But the question is, how do we experience that peace? How do we experience the peace of God and what I'd like to do for just a few moments this morning is just, is just kind of take, take a look through Scripture and just how, what does Scripture tell us about how to experience this peace that comes through Jesus Christ. And I want to just kind of put our thoughts around kind of five uh, major thoughts or statements. The first is this, and this is the foundational one, I have to accept God's pardon. If I'm going to experience God's peace, it is connected with God's pardon. And there's some things that I need to understand. I need to understand there's a relationship that you and I were created to have, that we were designed to have this relationship, we are God. We were designed for God. Paul put it this way when he wrote to the Colossians, for by him all things, by Christ, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, including you and I, all things were created by Him and for Him. That every one of us was created, that part of our creation purpose was to have this relationship with Him. It's a relationship we were created to have. But then here's the bad news of Christmas. The bad news is it's a relationship we do not have because of what we have done that it's a relationship god created us for but we don't have it is not our default setting because of what we have done that same isaiah who prophesied this coming child reminded us of our need we all like sheep every one of us has gone astray each of us has turned to his own way and we'll look at the back part of that in just a moment but, but the reality is, what I've done, what you've done, we've all gone our way. We've all pushed God to the periphery of our life. We've tried to use God instead of love God. We, we've ignored God. We've chosen to be kind of boss of our own life, however you want to put it along the way. We've gone astray. And that, that, that's, that's fractured, that's broken that relationship. Isaiah goes on to say, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that he will not hear that there is this separation that has taken place it's a relationship I was created to have it's a relationship that I don't have because of what I have done but here's the good news of Christmas it's a relationship that I can still have because of what Jesus has done because of what Jesus has done for me. Peter, who came to understand this this incredible grace and this incredible gift of Jesus Christ, put it this way. For Christ died for sins, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. Why? To bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Isaiah 53, 6 that we looked at just a moment ago said the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. All all of my rebellion, all of my pushing God to the side, all of my seeking to use God instead of love God, all of that iniquity that is separating me from God was placed upon Jesus Christ when he went to the cross. That's why he came in the first place. Paul would talk about that that, that purpose of, of Christ and through him. To reconcile to Himself. God was doing this through Christ. To reconcile to Himself all things. Because remember, all things were created by Him and for Him. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. By making peace. There's our word. By making peace through His blood shed on the cross. That there is the good news of the gospel. There's the good news of Christmas That this Savior has come, that he has done something for me that I could not do for myself. It was a relationship I was created to have. It's a relationship I don't have because of what I've done. It's a relationship that I can have because of what Jesus has done. But it's also a relationship we must choose. We must choose to accept God's pardon. And there's two words that I want you to to just have in in your heart and head this morning. The first word is turn. That's the beginning of the choice. I turn. The Bible uses the word repent. Repent then and turn to God. This change of mind and a change of heart, that leads to a change of direction in my life. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The greatest gift we could offer to you at Christmas is is the forgiveness of sin, to have our sins wiped out, to experience times of refreshing that come from the Lord. And it begins as we we turn. But as we turn, it's kind of like a two-sided coin. Turns on one side. The other side is the second word, trust. Trust. That I have to trust in the completed, finished work of Jesus Christ John said, yet to all who received him, not everybody receives him, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Hear me, we're all creations of God. We were all created by him and for him. But it is only those who turn and trust that are given the the right, the privilege of being called and declared children of God. God. Paul wrote to the Romans, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, because of our our turning and trusting, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That there is a peace, a restoration of this relationship because of what Christ has done. And it becomes real in my life when I turn and when I trust in Him. See, we're never going to experience the peace of God until we are at peace with God. And let me just pause right here and say, if you're here this morning, I don't think it's an accident. I think it's by God's design. And today may be the day. Maybe you're here as a family, and maybe there's even a student or a child here. Maybe, maybe you're not even normally in this room, but but today God has you here for a moment and for a purpose. And part of the reason is because He wants to extend to you the greatest gift of all: the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of forgiveness of sin, the gift of new life, the gift of peace, the gift of a restoration of a relationship, the gift of life abundant and eternal. And it is offered to you but for it to become real in your life you have to respond to the prompting of god's spirit by turning turning from sin turning from self-directed life turning from earning my own way and trusting trusting in the finished completed work of jesus christ and here's what i want to say to you today we want to help you take that step And if you're here today and and we can help you after the close of our service, there's going to be some folks available there in that back corner, our Next Steps area, we would love to take a few minutes and talk to you about the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. If you still have a Connect card with you, you can flip over the back of that Connect card and it says, I'm making a first-time commitment of faith to Christ, or maybe I just want to know more about what it means to be a Christian. Check that. Uh, One of our pastors, one of our staff would be delighted to be able to follow up and continue continue that conversation with you. Maybe you're here today and you, Ed, maybe you're a child and you're here with your family or you're a student and you just maybe just to go home and say mom, dad, I, can you tell me a little more about what pastor Jeff was talking about? Cuz I think that's something I need. That's something I need. To talk to somebody about how you can accept God's pardon. That's the foundation piece. We accept God's pardon. I'm going to trip over this microphone. Yeah. Accept God's pardon. But then it builds on that. The second thing that the Scripture tells us we can do to experience the peace of God is obey God's principles. To obey God's principles. The psalmist put it this way. Great peace. Have they who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. That there is this connection between peace and and loving and walking in accordance with God's law. Again, we go back to Isaiah and that prophecy. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river your righteousness like the waves of the sea sometimes we sing about peace like a river but peace like a river is connected with being obedient to God's commands God's laws let me say it this way if you want to experience God's peace we must live according to God's design you cannot live an active rebellion against God you cannot choose your way instead of God's way and expect to experience God's peace. I've had folks tell me through the year that, well, they're going to do something and they know it's not what God wants, but they've prayed about it and they have a peace. I'm going to tell you that's a false peace and it's not going to last because God loves you too much to let that last. And He's going to disturb you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to convict you. Why? Because what Isaiah said, when he commands, it is for your best. It is for life. It is for peace. It is for uh, what God wants to see in and through your life. And he will not allow you uh, to, to have a peace if you're not in alignment with his design. And so he disturbs us. If I want to experience God's peace, I have to live according to God's design. Let's put it this way. Having Jesus as Lord gives me peace, excuse me. Having Christ as Savior gives me peace with God. Having Christ as Lord begins to allow me to experience the peace of God. And I need both Savior and Lord in my life to experience peace with God and the peace of God. But a third thing you and I can do to experience God's peace is to focus on. On God's presence, to focus on God's presence. And isn't really that kind of what Christmas is about? Emmanuel, God with us. That we have the God who is with us. And I experience peace as I focus on His presence. The psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in trouble he is always there again we keep returning to isaiah through this this prophecy you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you that as we we focus upon his presence we experience his peace there's been kind of a three little uh, lines, uh, phrases put together that talk about the power of concentration. It's been attributed to several different folks. I'm not sure who said it originally, but it goes something like this. It's what we concentrate on that determines our level of personal peace. If I look at the world, I'm going to be distressed. And I don't know about you, but it just doesn't take but a, a, a few moments on a website. Uh, To hear about this government shutdown, this withdrawal here, watch the stock market doing this, and hear this report and that report and this evil thing that happened here or this tsunami here. We can get distressed quickly, can't we? If we look within, we'll be depressed. Sometimes we just always look within, I'm not good enough, I don't measure up, I don't have as good a life or successful a life or I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. But if we look at Christ will be at rest, will be at rest, we will experience this, this rest. J. Oswald Sanders says, peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. It's not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. I remember reading years ago, and then I've heard him talk about it since, Charles Stanley Talked about a time in his life, it was, it was incredible pressure and there was, there was pressure outside and inside and, and things were going horribly in so many directions and, and he went and he was talking with a, an older lady, this, this older saint who had walked with the Lord for so many, many years and, and she pointed him to a picture on the wall and it was a picture of Daniel in the lion's den. And there's been lots of pictures of, of Daniel and the lion's Then this, this particular one had Daniel kind of standing and there were lions around and there was kind of light shining into that pit and Daniel had his hands behind his back and he, he was looking there and, and she said, what do you see? And he described the pit and the light and the lions and Daniel and a few other elements of the, the looked like a dark sky above and whatnot. She said, no, look closer. She said, where is Daniel looking? And he said, look again, he noticed. That Daniel wasn't looking at the, the darkness. He wasn't looking at the walls of the pit. He wasn't even looking at the lions. That his gaze was focused upon God. Now hear me, that doesn't mean you deny problems. Doesn't mean you deny reality. But it means that you choose to focus on the ever-present God. That come what may in my life, that I am going to choose to focus on God's presence. Emmanuel, the God who is with us. I accept God's pardon. I obey God's principles. I focus on God's presence. But I want to suggest to you as a part of that, you trust in God's purposes. You want to experience God's peace, you have to trust in His purposes. Romans 8, 28 has been one of those verses that so many have have clung to because it reminds us that God is still at work. And we know that in all things, yes, those hard things, yes, those difficult things, yes, those painful things, yes, those things you don't understand. In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to his purpose. And we come back as one who has accepted his pardon and is seeking by his enabling grace to live according to his design. I'm focusing on his presence. I can trust that even when I don't understand it, that he is at work and he is working out all things. When Jesus came, he talked about peace. He talked about the peace that he came to bring as he was preparing his disciples for that time when he would be crucified, that time when he would no longer be physically present with them. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. He would go on in preparing them with these words I have told you these things so that in me in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world now hear me some of you may be thinking you know it's Christmas but it's also coming to the end of the year and, and maybe you're thinking woo, man this, this has been a tough year this has been a tough year but there's something in us that kind of feels like when I get a new calendar, everything's going to change, right? I'm going to I'm going to whip out this new calendar and woo, 2019 is going to be so you know so much of a better year, no problems. You know what Jesus said? In this world, you will have trouble. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right? in this world you're gonna have stuff even though you turn over a new calendar even though you get a new planner or whatever you do it doesn't mean life automatically resets and change there's still problems there's problems you carry over from the year before there's things you don't know are coming that are coming on your calendar you just don't have them on there yet right in this world you will have trouble but you focus on God's presence And you trust in God's purpose. And you understand that He's at work, even when you don't fully understand it. And you've seen it, and I've seen it. There are people who go through situations, and some seem to fall to pieces, and some seem to just have a peace. The difference isn't on the outside, the difference on the inside. Some fall to pieces. Some experience peace. See, peace is not a trouble free life. Don't, don't, don't shift into that thinking. Boy, when God removes all these problems, when, God, when life gets easier, when we get married, life will be better, easy, no problems. <laughs> when we have kids, when the kids are out of diapers, <laughs> When they get beyond middle school, when they're out of the house, (laughs) when we're empty nesters, oh, it'll be fun. Oh, when I just quit working. (laughs) Peace is not a trouble free life because there's no such thing in a sin scarred world. Peace is a sense of calm in the midst of the storms. I accept God's pardon. I obey God's principles. I focus on God's presence. I trust in God's purposes. But one more. Talk to God in prayer. You want to experience God's peace? Talk to God in prayer. You know, it's a little discouraging to know how much information there is about you and I out there, right? I don't know if you, I'm sure I don't even realize how much information there is about us out there that people access all the time. E- even to the point if, if you have like, Amazon, if you have like a Kindle or Kindle app, you're reading books on that and you're highlighting that, somebody is tracking that. They're, they're, they're tracking. In fact, it's occasionally Amazon publishes like some of the, the most highlighted passages in various books very interesting in one of those publications they they, they said here's the most highlighted verse in the copies of the bible that we put out there and i would have thought john 3 16 right or psalm 23 for sure you know what at that time was the most highlighted verse in those electronic copies of the bible philippians 4 6 and 7 isn't that interesting Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? Now listen. If you want to talk to Alexa, go ahead. <laughs> All right. I, I, I don't. I don't want to mess you up, but I, I'm. i I'm just kind of thinking, who's who's listening when I don't know they're listening on the other end of that thing, right? <laughs> right somebody, we, somebody gave us one of the dots there. We still hadn't hooked that up yet, you know. And I, some of you're saying. Don't say that. I've got to, I'm giving somebody that this year, you know. That's right. Hey, you go ahead and let people listen in on your family. I don't care. I don't yeah. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's listening, sure. <laughs> They're recording your highlights. <laughs> They're not listening, sure. Talk to Alexa all you want. You want to experience God's peace? Talk to God. Pour out your heart with thanksgiving, prayer, and petition. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice the order: prayer first, then peace. Sometimes this is what I want. When I get a little more peaceful, I'll pray. No, no, no. Prayer first, and then you experience God's peace. Bob Russell said, I really believe the most important step in developing inner peace is to quit complaining and start praising. (laughs) To quit complaining and start praising. That begins to just shift my entire perspective. Let me try to maybe put this together with this expression. You've heard it, it's not original. No God No peace. But if you know God, if you know God, you have the potential to know peace. The New York Times ran an ad a couple of years ago explaining Christmas with these words. The meaning of Christmas is that love will triumph and that we will be able to put together a world of unity and peace. In other words, we have the light within us, and so we are the ones who can dispel the darkness of the world. We can overcome poverty and injustice and violence and evil. If we work together, we can create a world of unity and peace. And I ask you this morning, can we? I mean, really, it's 20 years <laughs> 20 centuries I should have of history now in the 21st century what does it tell us about our capacity to build a world of peace and unity on our own not a whole lot that would be encouraging perhaps the insight of someone who's lived in the middle of some of that would help There's a man by the name of Vaclav Havel he was the first president of the Czech Republic. He saw it in the midst of that transition from, from communist to, 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 to moving beyond. He had a unique vantage point in history as the first president of the Czech Republic. He was able to peer deeply into both socialism and capitalism. And he was not optimistic that either would by itself solve the greatest of human problems. He knew that science, unguided by moral principles, had given us the Holocaust. He concluded that neither technology, the state, nor the market alone could save us from nuclear conflict, ethnic violence, or environmental degradation. He wrote, pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough. A turning to and a seeking of God. Is needed. The human race constantly forgets that He is not God. There is no God. There is no peace. But when you know God, you can know His peace. We've been talking this December about gifts. You know, one of the more Frequently purchased gifts now are gift cards, right? It's a, it is a multi-billion dollar industry. But here's an interesting fact. If this year is like the previous years, over one billion dollars worth of gift cards will go unused, unredeemed. That somebody paid the price Handed over the money for that card. And yet it goes unused. Maybe it gets lost. Maybe it gets misplaced. Maybe they spent part of it and then didn't think it was worth toting around for the balance that was left on it or whatever. But over a billion dollars a year, it's unused. And I think about God's perfect Christmas gift of what God has provided for us in Jesus Christ that he paid the price so that we could experience a peace with God and a peace of God regardless of what life throws at us and we can have access to all of that and miss it if we don't come to know him. And so our hope and our prayer for you this Christmas is that you won't just know songs and that you won't just know some good time with family and friends. Hope you enjoy all of that. We hope your Christmas won't be limited to just a few gifts that may be forgotten within sometimes days, weeks, or years but that you would know and receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus Christ. Because when you know him, you know peace. Let's pray to him together, please. Oh, Father, thank you for your perfect Christmas gift. Thank you, Father, that it it always fits. It's always exactly what we need And if somebody really experiences it, they'll never return it. And Father, I just pray right now, knowing that we have such such a wide variety of stories in this room right here, right now. And Father, I, I pray. I pray, Father, for your grace to move in us once again so that we might know you. And Father, I pray today that there would be some in this room right here right now that would come to accept your pardon that today they would understand this is a divine appointment and that they would turn and they would trust in you father I i pray for some today father that that you would just let them know that There's an area of their life where they're walking in disobedience to you and they're never going to experience your peace as long as they stay in that position. And Lord, that you would call them back to you to live in alignment with your design. Father, I pray that you'd help us to focus on your presence, to trust in your purpose even when we can't see it or understand it. And Lord, of all the conversations we have, would you help us to begin and have an ongoing conversation with you? And I'm just going to ask you to just be still for just a couple more moments. And I'm...